This episode of the Music Stuff Show is brought to you by Dupe Loops, your weekly curated drum loop library. If you're writing music, building tracks, or programming beats, dupeloops.com is the place to start. They deliver 10 new drum loops directly to your inbox every Monday, so you can spend less time searching for the right sounds and more time making music. Each loop is always available in stereo and multi-track formats, always fresh, and they are never recycled. And for a limited time, they are offering a 7-day free trial period with every plan. So visit dupeloops.com, that's D-U-P-E-L-O-O-P-S dot com, and start your free trial today to receive 10 new multi-track drum loops per week, every week. On this episode of the Music Stuff Show, we discuss what it takes to create and maintain a community in the business of music. We look at ways to create relationships, examine why not being the best fit isn't always a bad thing, and show you how to use your influence to improve those around you. Please enjoy this episode of The Music Stuff Show, Cultivating a Community. Welcome to The Music Stuff Show, where we break down the business of music to help you build a career doing what you love. I am Tom, and this is Vance, and we are here today. Hello! What's up? Oh, man. Doing it too much, man. I'm not laughing anymore. getting better. I'm smiling very broadly. It was never meant to be a thing. It just happened, and now we're here, and I guess now I need a new thing. And just made it, it was really funny the first time, and it just kept getting me over and over again. But is it like a recycled joke that if you plow through it, eventually you'll start laughing again? I don't think so. I don't, well, I don't know. That's never been my brand of humor. When somebody beats mm. it to a pulp, it just makes it less funny to me. That's fair. Sorry. Man. I still think it's funny, though. I feel like I'm just getting broken down straight <laughs> up the gate. And this week on Dissecting Vance. Trying to inspire you on the music stuff show, guys. <laughs> Trying to inspire you on the music stuff, yeah. Anyway, fine, Tom. <laughs> Sorry you don't like my greetings. Moving on. I love it. Today's fun fact. Did you know? It is estimated that millions of trees are planted by forgetful squirrels that buried their nuts. I actually have heard that, but I didn't know if it was true or not. Neither do I, because I, that's I as deep be as true. I go. In my <laughs> that's fact as deep time. as I go. Text on the screen. Yeah, I, just, I believe it. It makes sense. I just thought it was kind of an adorable fact. Yeah, it I is an adorable fact. I pictured the uh, little squirrel from Looney Tunes back in the day. That was always up to mischief. Yeah, I picture the one from Ice Age. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah. That makes sense. The one who can just never get his acorn where he needs it to be. Poor buddy. Poor fella. <laughs> it's a rough life out there for for squirrel. It's a hard knock life for, for squirrels. squirrels. Nice. Solid. Wasn't planned, guys. Original content. <laughs> what are we talking about today, Tom? <laughs> so today on the Music Stuff Show, we are going to discuss... Cultivating your community, cultivating a music community. So this is an important um, aspect of musicianship and career that we touched on for a little bit last week. Uh, We talked about how to create your community when you're first starting out. But I think it goes further than when you're just starting out. I think you're constantly cultivating your community throughout your career. Who who who's around you? Who do you get inspiration from who's who needs to be removed from your sphere of uh your circle of people i think community is a very very important part of of music of the business of music and of the creation of music because at the end of the day we're making music for 
ourselves and for other people. And other people is by definition a community. Wouldn't you say? I would. I would say. Um just trying to decide where to start today on my thoughts on this. I think maybe we maybe we pick up where we left off last week about cultivating your community from the beginning. I'm actually going to throw a curveball on that just to kind of set a tone, if okay. I if I may. Um, so this thought is quite literally just for the sake of setting a tone in how you should approach community, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's built on personal experience, so maybe the city that you're from doesn't fall victim to this, but. Uh, so in the entertainment community, if you want to be an actor, uh, which is a very different, similar industries, but different methods of how to get there. If you go out to LA and you audition to be in a blockbuster movie, uh, you are competing. You are fighting against someone else for a singular role. Mm -hmm. And if someone else gets that role, you don't get that role and you don't have a job. Uh, I personally have never participated in it, but from what I hear, it's cutthroat. But the reason it's cutthroat is because there is an actual position to compete for. Uh, And in some towns that I have lived in, I unfortunately feel like I start to see the same thing happen in the musical community, where people are competing against each other, which is the most bizarre thing to me because. Music is such a different thing. And as long as you're constantly pushing yourself, uh, as long as you're constantly pushing your creative bounds, as long as you are collaborating with other artists, there's never going to come a day that the world stops and is like, cool, guys, we wrote all the songs. (laughs) You can go home now. We wrote all the songs. We really appreciate you showing up. Uh, Cue the scene from Forrest Gump when he just stops running. (laughs) You put forth a great effort, but we just don't need any more songs. That day is never going to come. No. And with that, that means that there is always space for great music. Yeah. And... I wanted to start there just to make sure people have an appropriate mental approach to the fact of you should be friends and want your friends to succeed in the music community. Yes. Because everybody wins. If you work together, you create something together well, it's a win-win for everybody. Mm -hmm. So you should always be in favor of collaboration. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know that was kind of a tangent out of the gate, but I felt like I needed to set that tone before we dive in. No, I, I want to stay there for a minute, actually. I want to talk about competition. Uh, if you are auditioning to be a, a sideman in a band, uh, that's probably the the closest thing that I can think of off the top of my head that uh, parallels the acting world in mm-hmm. the music world. You're competing for a specific spot that only one person can fill, and they're picking between you and however many other people. Mm-hmm. If you don't get it, Somebody else gets it and they make the money and, and you don't have that job. But I think like, maybe, maybe not exactly like acting, but in a similar fashion, I think if you don't get that job, 
it's probably ultimately for the best because you weren't the best suited for it, which means mm-hmm. you're still available for the thing that you are best suited for. And I think, I don't know if there are more acting jobs available or more music jobs available. I can't speak to that, but I can say that in the music world, if you don't get the gig, then you're still available to get a different gig. And ultimately it's probably for the best because the person that they picked, hopefully if they're discerning correctly uh, is the best person that they were able to find and is going to do the best job for their brand and their show and their sound, which means you're available to do the best job for something that you, you are a better fit for. So all in all, I don't consider um, the losing the gig thing uh, as a, a negative all the time. I, I think it's a, I think it's a positive. I think it's can be perceived as a bit of a failure. I failed to succeed in that one thing, but I think that the failures are what help us grow. And I think it's an important thing to look at in a positive light and say, well, good, I'm still available to compete for this other thing that I'm probably going to be better for. Uh, the second thing I want to say about competition is that in that, in that scenario, yes, you are competing against another person for that slot. However, if that person if you know the person who gets that slot and they know you're a great player and they got that job, they know that you still don't have a job and they're going to hopefully, if the community works as it should, recommend you for a different job that you might be a better fit for. Or the person who calls you to audition for that is going to know you're a great player because they called you and they're going to recommend you for something else because they're going to know they didn't hire you and that you don't have a job. So community still works best there. It's, it is competition, but at the same time, it's not because you are still helping one another. And if you are band creating content, you are only competing for people's attention. However, it is inconceivable that as the creator of one song a month, you can conceivably hold someone's attention span for a 24-hour cycle for 30 days. Mm-hmm. So... In reality, you're not really competing for people's attention. You're competing for a part of the pie. And if everybody supports everybody else in being a member of that pie, then I believe the cream rises to the top. And I think that competition in that regard fuels innovation. So it's going to make you up your game so that you remain as part of the listening cycle. Absolutely. Um, And on top of that, where couple things. Number one, you don't listen to one song. Right. You might find one song that comes out and blows your mind and you might put it on repeat, you know, for half an hour the first time you hear it because you're just so stoked about it and, you know, your brain just can't handle it. But after you get over the initial wear, like, you don't listen to one song. You probably listen to a playlist yeah. of songs. Or an album if it's an album's been released. Or buy an album. Yeah. But here's the thing, if you're playing shows with other good bands or collaborating with other good bands in your own scene, you both win because the other band gets eyeballs from your fans and you're going to get eyeballs from their fans. And, you know, if you are both of a certain caliber that your music is good and makes sense to why the mutual audiences can both be into what you're doing. There's no place to lose, especially kind of even to tap back on the hired gun touring musician thing. Even that I still think is different because in a movie, you're hired for a skill. 
Like you have to be good enough to make people believe that you are the character you're portraying. Yeah. Music is to even further affirm the community side, 90% of whether or not you will get a job touring as a musician is whether or not you're the best hang that applied. Yeah, yeah if you have the best attitude. <laughs> the the first 10% is, are you good enough to play? Which yeah. is a very, it is never, if you are new to the music world, I'm going to just step back and say this so we make sure it's said and it's clear. If you are new in the music industry and your goal is that you want to be a touring artist, I will tell you as someone that's toured for like 10 or 15 years, Tom will, I'm confident, affirm what I'm about to say. Being the best is so far from important Mm -hmm. because successful music typically is not that there's not exceptions, but typically is pretty accessible by large groups of people and therefore is part of the reason that it's successful because it is success like acceptable and easy to approach for a lot of people. Yeah. So you don't need someone that is on some otherworldly level of ability because you spend an hour on stage every night you spend the other 23 hours of the day having to be around the same three to five people mm-hmm. in small spaces, in small rooms, in small vehicles. Even if you're on a bus, every, you yeah. spend eight hours a day on that bus. It gets really small really fast. It, it is a small space to spend time with the same small group of people. And being a good hang and being somebody that doesn't suck to be around <laughs> Mm-hmm. is the number one thing that can be on your resume if you're trying to be a touring artist. Yeah. Yeah, I have I have seen people be removed from gigs for attitude far ahead of ability on multiple occasions. It really is about, it's all about people, which is why we're making this episode about community. It really does always boil back down to people. Uh, having good people skills, being able to get along with people. And that doesn't mean be a pushover. It just means having empathy, being empathetic and taking the time to understand those around you. Doesn't mean you have to agree with everybody's decisions or agree with how they act. It simply means that you understand where they're coming from. And to do that will take you so much further than being able to play every single lick in the book on your instrument, Mm -hmm. being able to play your instrument um, competently and cover the parts that are required of you and have a good attitude is really all it takes. It's not that, and you know, being organized, being prepared, showing up on time, which is maybe we'll do a whole episode. We probably will do a whole episode, honestly, on that, on scheduling and showing Professionalism. Up. Yeah, we'll call it professionalism.org slash edu or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think um, competition in the musical community, it it does exist. Uh, I think competition is a good thing. I, I don't think competition is a, is a four-letter word by any stretch of the imagination in its proper place. I think that when we compete with each other to fuel innovation and drive ideas and improve creative content, it's a good thing. But when you start competing with people to push others down so you can get ahead or they push you down so they can get ahead, that's a bad thing. That's a negative and it doesn't benefit anybody. It's like playing for free. It doesn't do anything to improve the community that you love. 
Um, so to take a step back, I think, and maybe go back around to the beginning of this topic of cultivating a community. Uh, I'd like to sort of pick up where we left off last week, maybe about starting cultivating a community when you start out. Mm-hmm. And specifically, I think uh, it would be interesting to address those people who don't have a large community to start with, say people in a small town or maybe kids in suburbia who don't have access to like a local hang, like a local venue, you know, maybe you only have like a grocery store parking lot that you and your friends hang Mm -hmm. out at or, or like a local skate park or something, but there's no live music or anything like that. Uh, Community is just as important then as it is later, as it is anywhere else. It, It never loses its importance, but how do we, how do we get going in a community maybe even reiterating a couple of points from last week to move forward. I think you got to trying to think what I would say. Step one is step one, got a hole in that box. Um, got a hole in the box. No, I think, uh, starting out, number one, you got to find like-minded folks. Uh, and if you're not in a band, that kind of is sort of what we talked about last week in the sense of going to places to find those people. I think, once you have a group or, you know, are doing stuff, if you're a rapper, singer, songwriter, whatever your shtick is. Uh, and obviously I know someone's going to message me and tell me that there's exceptions. But for the most part, even if you're from small towns, there is some place that people that are into the same things as you uh, are participating in. And for me, growing up in pop rock and punk music, like skate parks were an active parallel. Yeah. So if you can't find a venue, if your town is too small, that there's not a specific, oh, here's the rock venue, here's the hip hop venue, here's the country venue. If your town is smaller than that, I would start looking into what lifestyle things parallel with what you do. You know, so if your community is, you know, kids that are into skating, I hung out at skate parks when I was a kid. I also remember seeing cartel in a skate park in the middle of a half pipe. Mm-hmm. And the next month I heard their music in a movie and kind of watched that transition for them back in the day when Chroma was coming out. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely, I mean, even if you're not in a small town, I think identifying yourself with part of a lifestyle uh, Mm -hmm. is a great way to cultivate things because I think it's easy as musicians to get one track minded. You think about the music, creating music, music venues, things that kind of fit into the box of making music. Well, sometimes people in the music world don't need more music or your music, whatever, but sticking with the skate theme, if your music works with skaters or something that they listen to when they skate and you've got a local skate park and they might not be musicians, but they love the kind of music that you put out. And there's a community of people that that's where they hang out because that's where they spend their free time. And that's what they're doing that they would think it's super dope for you to throw together a show and just post up in the middle while people are skating around you and like doing the thing. I personally have participated in it and loved it growing up. I think it's awesome. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're trying to cultivate finding the things that align with your brand of music and places 
that really you would probably spend time anyway in finding how does everybody win with that? Because if they don't have music and you have music to give, they might think that's super dope because that's not what they do every day. Yeah. I think uh, also if you are in a, in a smaller town where they're just not, where there aren't any venues necessarily and there's just less opportunity, uh, make your own community. That's what, that's what we did growing up. I'm from a small town and we didn't have a venue. We had a, like this annex. It was a place called the cultural center. Uh, and it was like a little museum in town, but there was like an annex in the back that was like a, a banquet hall. It had a stage on it and people would do like wedding receptions and things like that there. So we, we just like, uh, we were the only, we were only one of like two or three bands in town. Um, and, and we were the oldest at the time of bands who were doing stuff. Um, there's another band who was like a year or two below us. And, um, I think there was, uh, I think there was one more who was uh, a year to so behind that. And we, uh, we just were like, we're going to put a show together. So we went to this place and asked how much it was for the night. And they gave us a break. Thank God. But cause we were kids mm-hmm. and they knew what we were trying to do. And so we went and rented this place out and then we got the other bands on the bill and we headlined and we put up flyers all over town and charged like five bucks a person. And we sold that thing out and mm-hmm. because there was nothing else to do and everybody wanted to go do something on a Friday or Saturday night. And so everybody came and it was killer. It's still to this day, one of my favorite concerts I've ever played of mm-hmm. all time. Yeah. Uh, and we, uh, we sold, you know, Cokes for like a dollar and we had like merch. We sold out of, we had, had like 50 t-shirts. We sold all of them. Mm-hmm. It was, it was an awesome night. And then, uh, we also figured out other places we could play. Like if somebody, you know, I grew up in rural, rural Georgia. So, uh, somebody's like dad had a farm with like a little barn at it. And so we would like go set up in the barn doors and, you know, pull some power and throw up two speakers and play. And people would, hang out while we played. And we just, we just created our own opportunities to play shows and to maybe sell some CDs, which were, we were pressing at the time, which you shouldn't now, uh, but selling merch and just creating really more than anything, more than making any money. It was more about making an environment that we wanted to be in. Mm-hmm. And then we've discovered that there were a lot of other people who wanted to be in that that environment too. People didn't want to just stand around with nothing to do on a Friday because there wasn't much to do in our town. When we created an opportunity, we probably ended up doing this like once a semester in high school. Mm -hmm. When we created an opportunity for something like that, people came out of the woodwork, man. They couldn't wait for it. They wanted to be a part of it because it was something that wasn't the norm. So we made our own community. And I think that that, that should never be dismissed as an op- as an option, even if you're not in a small town. I think even if you're in a city where there are communities available, mm-hmm. if you don't, if none of those is attractive to you for whatever reason, or it's not specifically what you're wanting, make a community, like start something up. People will be interested in it. You will discover that there are people who want to be a part of a new community who maybe felt the same way you did. Like, I, I like this about this thing and this about the other thing, like, but I don't really feel like I fit in either place. And then you, you start making something and people will show up. For sure. I also think too, you got to be proactive about being homies with other bands and artists. Totally. And, yeah. Because it is simple mathematics, whether you are in a city playing at a venue 
whether you are playing in your friend's basement in a town no one's ever heard of, regardless of where you set it up to throw down your experience, if there's four members in your band and everybody brings five people, you got 20 people. If there's four other bands that all have four people and all those people bring five people, now all of a sudden for somebody that's maybe never played a show, like you have an audience yeah. of actual people. And if you've got a hundred people in a room, even if it's somebody's basement or backyard or barn or whatever. Dude, I can tell you from my experience, a hundred people in a small basement is electric. I, so much fun. There's pieces I like about either. I would argue that I might like a wall-to-wall shoulder, like people losing their minds can't breathe over playing in front of lots of people. Totally. I There is a certain energy that... Being in front of a lot of people is cool. I'm not going to act like that part is not. But there is something about when you're in a small space that you are just almost in the audience you're playing with. Mm-hmm. There's an energy that you can't make up. <laughs> like, yep. It's uh, yeah, it's a cool experience. But I think, honestly, one of the... So I was not from a small town. I was from Atlanta, but also Georgia, where... For me growing up, one of the greatest examples was Manchester Orchestra, mm-hmm. where those kids went to my high school. Yep. And at the time, there was five or six different bands. Half the people were in at least two of those bands. Yeah. And it was kind of like this whole fluid thing. So you had these five or six bands that sometimes would play shows at venues, sometimes would play shows in somebody's garage, sometimes... But it was like this constant thing of this handful of bands that all had friends that were into the same kind of stuff. But because, you know, you've got 15 to 20 guys that are all telling all their friends versus you and two other people trying to beg every person you've ever known on Facebook to come out to something. Mm -hmm. It's an easier sell. They were all cool. They all kind of like fit the same vibe and, you know, we're good enough. For people to be like, oh, this is rad. Mm-hmm. And they eventually built their own <laughs> label out of it to where like, <laughs> yeah. that is why Favorite Gentleman exists now. Yeah. Um, and to me, like even on an indie level that everybody listening might not have heard of Manchester Orchestra, mm-hmm. but when they drop a record, they still play late night shows. They still tour when they want to. They <laughs> still yeah. create music when they feel like it and quite literally have just kind of created their own career as a band. They don't have to play arenas to be successful. Yeah. And they do what they want. Kind of embodies everything that we talk about here. All built from quite literally a bunch of homies in high school, putting all their bands together and everybody just sort of playing with each other and staying true to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They made a community and then it grew and they've continued to cultivate it over time. Absolutely. It's like the dream. 100%. <laughs> um, I want to fast forward uh, a little bit. We've been, we've been kind of harping on early community. I want to fast forward to you are, you're in your career. It's what you do. Music is what you do. You've got, uh, you've got a business. Um, you're still hungry. Your business isn't big, but you're surviving. You're making it happen. Uh, 
things are fine. Things are good. Uh, and you've probably odds are, if you are at that point in your career, you have, you are located in an area that does have a greater musical community. Uh, you're probably not still in a, you know, 500 person town or something like that. So we're going to assume that you are a career musician and you live in a city somewhere that has a scene. Um, I want to talk about a couple things, getting involved in the community when you move to town, uh, if you're new someplace, and then cultivating, continuing to refine your community when you are in town and maybe have been in town. I think that if you move to a town and uh, you are building a career, have built a career, are it's what you're doing. Um, or maybe you're not quite on the career status yet, but you're making some money and then you're doing something on the side. You got a side hustle too. Uh, when you move to town, I think the important thing is to, again, just like high school, find a group that you identify with and go to the places where perhaps they might be like go to shows of bands that you think are cool in the area. And then just like, go talk to the band after the set, go say, what's up? Uh, have, you know, see if you can't, uh, scrounge together a coffee hang with somebody or have a beer after the show or whatever, like make those connections. We were talking about social media on episode eight and how it's real people on the other end of the keyboard. And again, we keep saying it, but it boils down to people make those relationships, focus on creating friendships and relationships. Don't, don't do the thing where you go out to a show to quote network. I hate that word. It's the I think it's a thing on the planet. Word. It's disgusting. Don't go out to try to network because if you do, everybody knows that's what you're trying to do. You're like dry humping everybody's leg in the room to try to get a gig and it's lame. So don't do that. That's such go a out. great example. <laughs> go out and try to make friends and create relationships. That's it. Go out without wanting to receive anything. Go out to want to participate in the community. Uh, and I think if you fast forward and you've been in town for a little while, uh, I think the same thing still applies. Like if you find yourself in a community that you maybe don't want to be in anymore, which happens, it's totally cool. There's nothing wrong with it. Just find like sort of transition yourself into a community that you do like. If you don't, if, if the community that you have been in, becomes toxic for some reason. Like, let's just say you're in the the metal community and then uh, there's a group of bands and everybody starts doing heroin and you don't want to be around it. Or like, we're going to go real extreme with it. But like, that escalated yeah, so just like quickly. real toxic community. <laughs> there's like lots of drug use and you don't want to be around it. Like, God, I can't do this anymore. Literally go find a new community, go find new friends, go find new bands to hang out with. You don't want to be around that. That's a pretty extreme example, but it, it comes in the form of like maybe... Maybe the groups that you've been hanging out with, everybody's complaining all the time. Maybe you maybe you hang out with a bunch of like hired guns who just complain about how much they hate their gigs and you don't want to be around that anymore. Which is amazing yeah. on a sidebar. For yeah. those of you that aren't familiar with that community, it is remarkable how many hired guns are on seemingly awesome gigs, touring arenas, whatever, mm -hmm. but never have a great thing to say about it. Yeah. It's pretty incredible. Um, but you don't need that negativity. I think we talked about that last week. Yeah. So if that's if that's the case, again, perfectly reasonable to want to make a change. Uh, you don't need to be around negativity all the time. It's lame. It sucks. It doesn't add value for anybody. So if you 
if you're just moving to town, if you've been in town for a while, go to the places where you want to have relationships and make friendships with people who are doing the things that you want to participate in. Yeah. And plus too, people gravitate towards like-minded people. Yeah. So if you're out there like trying to be gross about your networking and all that stuff and slimy, like you'll find homies, but they're going to be other gross people that are always just mm-hmm. hyping things up that y'all can be gross together. And those are the people who will, who are like trying to step on other people's heads to get ahead. Yeah. And they'll step on yours. Yeah. They're the people that walk into the party and they're like, oh, I wanted to meet you because isn't your uncle XYZ from whatever? Mm-hmm. Right. It's gross. Uh, and no one has time for that. No. Now, people can smell networking a mile away, man. It's it's not, it doesn't ever work. And it's just lame. It's gross and lame. Don't do it. Go Pro- make friends. Yeah. And provide value. Like, I, I think genuine connections combined with constantly always trying to provide value to other people mm-hmm. uh, without expectation. And yeah. I'm not saying go take a job that, you work 18 hours a day and don't make money from. Mm-hmm. But when you can help your friends, help your friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it, it's a simple human nature thing because then they know that you're capable. <laughs> and then that way, when somebody comes up to them and is like, hey, do you know anybody that plays drums? And I'm like, yeah, I know somebody that plays drums and they're awesome and they're great to be around. Like, mm-hmm. it, uh, sincere relationships with long play people. <laughs> yeah. For, for true, though. <laughs> yeah and like if you're if you're showing up to i can think of a couple people that i've known who have come to a bunch of stuff back to back to back like they're at shows because they were they were a fan of my band at the time or something and i know that they're a guitar player or something and I've recommended people for gigs that I have known through that setting because they never came and asked me for anything. They never were sleazy about networking. I knew they were they were players and I knew that I saw them a lot and they were cool. And the conversation came up at some point or another, like, hey, you know, you play guitar, yeah, I play guitar, you this, that, and the other, I do this and whatever. And so you have a gig? No. Well, cool, man. Well, you know, I'll keep an ear out or something. If you want a gig, yeah. That'd be cool. I'd love actually on the hunt for one. All right, cool. I'll keep an ear out. And it's really that simple, but you don't like come in guns hot. Like, hey, I'm Tom and I'm looking for a gig. <laughs> and also, if you're sitting there scheming in your head and you're the kind of person that took all of the information we just said and processed it as, cool, I have to pretend to be a good hang <laughs> for long enough until they bring it up. Let me let you know, the music world is a small community, and while it is a bummer, it's something that I don't like at all, but I can promise you right now, there are people uh, from my past that I have worked with or played with before that seemingly start as great people, and then as time went on and they got a little bit more comfortable and you find out that they're not the people you thought they were, that not only have been blacklisted from music, mm-hmm. but I have friends in the tech world, in the marketing world, walks all outside of music that will no longer answer their calls because of how they ended up behaving over time. Yeah. And you will lose 
so much more than you will gain by trying to finagle something. Mm-hmm. And really, at the end of the day, people matter. People are human. Yeah. They, <laughs> you don't have to be friends with everybody, but you should treat people with dignity and respect. And, you know, you're going to hit it off with people and you should be homies with those people. Yeah. And the other people that you might not be best friends with, that's cool too. But you should still always care about people for humanity's sake. Mm-hmm. And even outside of music, that should just be how you approach life. Yeah, you should always prioritize people ahead of all the physical stuff, for sure. I I also think that if you are the type of person who is maybe a bit of a sleaze and you're self-aware enough to recognize that, I think my, in, in my experience, most people who are D-bags don't even know it. But if you are and you know it, then don't don't like go forward trying to pretend to be somebody you're not because like Vance said, it will come out over time. Instead, be who you are and work on self-improvement and adjust along the way and work on becoming a different, better version of yourself Mm. rather than trying to pretend that you are someone that you're not because that's never the play to win. It won't work. Um, and I think if you if you're on the other side of that, um, if if you're on the other side and you're dealing with somebody who might be a bit of a skis, uh, I think that you should always again prioritize people, always be kind. But if it's somebody who's young, maybe you're the guy who's been in town, or you're the band who's been around for a while, and you got a new band on the block, and they're trying to kiss up. Like, dude, be a friend. And tell somebody when it's not working. Like you don't have to be a jerk about it, but you can tell somebody like, "Hey, man, like when you come to shows and you just like always asking to get added to the bill, it makes my band want to add you to the bill even less." So just come and hang. Be cool. We know what you do. We've checked you out. We understand. And when there's a, a place for you that we feel confident in recommending you for, if it's on our show or somebody else's, we'll definitely put your name in. Yeah. I also think too, kind of touching on the younger starting out element. To me, there's a big difference between adults that have done this and decided that working hard was lame and they don't want to do that anymore. So Mm -hmm. then they try and beat the system. If, if you're young, you don't know better or kind of to your example, if you're in a community that, maybe is a group of bands that overall are young people, but you're the oldest people there and you've learned some things. Uh, nobody wants to be preached at, but don't be scared to mentor somebody that you see potential. Yeah. Because if you can, you know, look at three years ago, you know, I mean, even if you are fresh out of high school and you started playing in a band two years ago, you might not know everything, but you've probably learned something in the past two years that you and your homies have been jamming and trying to play around town and whatever you're working on. Mm -hmm. So if you see somebody that's in the exact same position that you were in two years ago, don't be a dick about it. You know, don't, you, you can't help somebody that doesn't want to be helped. But if you see people that have potential that just don't know better, that's an opportunity for mentorship and an opportunity to take them under the wing and just help somebody because you know how it felt. You know how you felt when you were searching for somebody and maybe you didn't have somebody that wanted to pour back and you get the chance to break that cycle. And you should use that opportunity. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, think about how you would want to be treated if you didn't know any better. Wouldn't you have appreciated it earlier on if someone had said to you in a very nice, respectful way, like, hey, you should fix this. Mm -hmm. So it's going to help your career. Absolutely. It really will. Uh, So, yeah, don't be afraid to be that person to somebody else. And like Vance said, you know, nobody wants to be preached at, but take the opportunity to make your community better. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the ways that you do that. If you have the experience and the knowledge and or simply the ability to be insightful enough to see it when it happens, then take the take the uh, initiative and and make your community a, a better place because everybody wins when that happens. It's true. And if you see people, you know, trying to push each other down to get ahead, there's nothing wrong with speaking to that. In my opinion. I agree. Yeah. I I think, I think that is one of the biggest community killers of all time when it comes to music. I have, I have switched communities uh, in the past as a result of that very behavior because I didn't want to be around it. Mm -hmm. I think it's malignant. I think it's toxic. I think it's stupid. Nobody wins. I think if you live in support of one another, going to each other's shows, recommending each other for things, helping improve one another, there's nothing, there are a few things more gratifying in the community of music than to make it with your friends. Absolutely. And I mean, even on the flip side of that, people, I'm going to say Atlanta because that's where I grew up. But mm-hmm. if you grew up in a place like Atlanta that has some venues and you've got the five bands that you and your homies are always kind of coming in and out of the same shows, you know, the people that you are trying to build long-term relationships, the venues, people that you want to partner with in your town, they know the bands that you play with. Like they're not these ignorant people that just don't pay attention that magically are like, Oh, I guess they showed up at our doorstep. So we'll let them play. So if they associate you with a certain crew of bands or artists or people, and one of the bands amongst that community starts causing trouble or makes their life hard or is destroying stuff at a venue or doesn't bring people out when they book them on shows and then pretends that it wasn't their fault and they don't care that no one made any money. That affects all of you. Mm -hmm. You are guilty by proxy. Yeah. And so you either need to solve the problem by raising all the ships in your community or you got to make sure you're not associated with that. Mm Mm-hmm. It's that I'm glad that you said that example, raising the ships in your community, you, your, your specific musical community will always revert to the lowest common denominator. The weakest link Mm. in the chain will always be the one that defines your group, your group of bands, your group of friends, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. Uh, it's, uh, Tim Ferriss has a podcast that I love, and he says a lot, you are the average of the five people you spend most of your time with. I Mm -hmm. think that's true on a personal level. I think it's true on a band level, the five bands that maybe you associate with the most. uh, What are they doing? Are they killing it? Or are they not bringing anybody to shows? And are they complaining the whole time? You're going to be a product of that. So take care. Don't go out there like with a chip on your shoulder or fear of screwing up or anything like that. Life is constantly adjusting along the way, but be tactful and intelligent about who you include in your community and who you want to be associated with. Because the person who's the worst off in that group will be the one that defines the group as a whole. Yep. It's just the truth. Yeah.
Absolutely true. Yeah. So if you feel yourself to be a leader of sorts, then do not be afraid to cultivate a community of your own. I think that's a strong play if you feel that you have what it takes. And no matter whether you feel yourself to be a leader or not, everyone in a community is responsible for its health. And um, in a musical community, you are responsible for the way people act and and make your community look from the outside looking in. I mean, so you have a responsibility to your friends who are musicians to help them be better at their craft, help them be better to each other, help them to be more professional to their employers. And as bands, you have a responsibility to the other bands in your community to make sure that other bands are showing up on time, that they're mm-hmm. not missing sound check, that they're promoting shows and they're booking in advance and they're treating people fairly. Mm-hmm. You're, you are responsible for all that. You're all responsible for each other. Absolutely. That's what makes community important. So. I don't think I could have said it any better. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Nailed it. Well, I guess that'll wrap it up for this week. We've, I think we've ranted pretty well on this subject. It's true. Yeah. I, I, I do foresee a professionalism in general episode coming in the future. Yeah, I'd like to to talk specifically about showing up on time and being prepared and keeping your word and just all of those things that for some reason a lot of people in music they're standard business practices, but people in music think they don't apply here and they're wrong. Coming soon on coming the music soon. stuff show. Yeah. Well cool. See you guys next Thursday. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, thanks again for listening to the show today. As always, you can find show notes and links from our episode on our website at themusicstuffshow.com. Also, please, please, please uh, connect with us. If there's ever any questions, any ways that we can help, you can find us all over social media at Music Stuff Show. You can also find myself and Tom personally all over the interwebs. I am at V-A-N-C-E-F-I-T-E, and Tom is at T-O-M-D-U-P-R-E-E-I-I-I. All over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, anywhere you want to connect. uh, The show is here for you, so any way that we can make your life a little bit better and get you closer to your dreams of your career in the music industry, we want to be a part of. We'll see you guys next Thursday.